focus on, you know, what your own passion is, put, you know, as much work into it as you can, and just focus on, you know, practicing, learning, growing, and sharing um, as much as possible. Excited to have an amazing lettering artist, calligrapher Erica Pinto, also known as EP Lettering. Erica, welcome. Thank you very much, Daryl. Sweet. Um, I'm excited about <laughs> this. I, I I only see your work, so I know nothing about you. So I'm pretty excited about this. So let's jump right into it. How did your creative journey start? Sure. Um, well, my creative journey started in 2015, um, after having my second son, um, I had a little bit of time when he was napping and my husband and I decided, you know, let's do something creative. Let's dust off the old sketchbooks and get back into drawing. We hadn't drawn in a long time. Um, so it sort of started from there. It was started with illustration and, um, just sort of as a joke, we started these Instagram accounts and decided to post our pictures there and just, you know, see what kind of feedback we got. And um, around that time, I sort of discovered there was this whole community that was growing um, in lettering and calligraphy, this whole world that I didn't know anything about. And it was one of those situations where, you know, you start looking at one account and then another one, and then, you know, you look up at the clock and six hours have passed <laughs> and you're like, where, where was I? But, uh, you know, like I, I was just hooked like immediately. Mm. And I said, you know what, why don't I give this a try? Let me try drawing some letters. Um, I didn't have any training in it and I didn't even have the right tools. All I had was my pencil, my sketchbook, some microns and, um, yeah, I just sort of saw, you know, what other people were putting out there and I was very inspired and I tried to recreate it myself. And that's, that's really where it got started. Um, so that was five years ago. And, uh, yeah, like I said, we had these Instagram accounts and I was posting my work there and I was participating in, uh, some lettering challenges. You know, people would put up a list of prompts and you'd letter the word and, it was nice because then you can share your work and get some feedback from people and start to connect with others in the community. And uh, around the end of that year, I got a few requests for custom work. Um, it really just started through Instagram. Um, yeah, people were asking me for, um, you know, prints for their home. I got a logo request um, pretty early on. And it sort of just snowballed from there. And like in those early days, I didn't have any digitizing skills. I didn't know anything about, you know, creating like a vector image. Um, like my very first, or I guess it was my second, but it was like my my first logo request. Um, I was honest with the woman who, who inquired about it. And I said, you know, I don't know how to turn this into a digital file. I can just scan it and send it to you. And she said, that's fine. So, you know, I was able to send her a logo and she digitized it and she's still using it to this day, which is pretty cool. Um, so yeah, it just kind of started from there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, um, I guess a 
couple of years ago, I started teaching classes, and that's really where a lot of my focus is now. And like, I really, really love it. Um, but I still, I still try to find some time to do my own personal lettering as well. I still have my pencil, I still have my sketchbook, and I still try to draw as much as I can. Okay, sweet. So, yeah. first of all, I'm intrigued. Like, were you guys drawing before, like? Because usually, if you're not in the art field or anything, you don't just get up mm -hmm. and say, "Oh, let's go draw." No, no, no. That's that's a fair question. No. So actually, my husband and I, we we met in high school. We went to an arts high school. We were in, enrolled in a visual arts program. So that's where I got a lot of my sort of early training. But you know, we weren't we weren't that exposed to lettering and calligraphy at that time. We did a little bit of it as part of other projects, but it was mostly focused on drawing and painting and sculpting and things like that. So that's where I got a lot of that, you know, early training. And then after high school, um, I mean, he continued to paint every now and then, you know, I might pick up a pencil or a paintbrush every, every once in a while, but nothing very serious just for, you know, the occasional. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Mm -hmm. That is so yeah. interesting. Mm -hmm. I, I didn't expect that, but that is definitely <laughs> very interesting. So, yeah. so you basically just started this as just like on a whim. So is your husband still like have his account and he's doing his thing too? No, he has since left Instagram <laughs> and uh, yeah, no, he, he just gave up on it. And okay. like, I just continued on with it. I was like hooked. So um, yeah, no, he has other creative pursuits and um, yeah, this is, this is mine. So it started as a hobby mm -hmm. and I still sometimes think of it as a hobby. Right. I know like, yes, I'm making some money from it now and it's more of a business, but I still am, I still feel like it's, you know, it's my hobby and my little side hustle aside from being a full-time you know stay-at-home mom sweet so how did yeah. you acquire i'm not sure if you had the knowledge before but how how did you turn it into a business how did this business knowledge how did you turn it into what it is now like where did you gain the knowledge from um you know like i said it was it was kind of gradual mm -hmm. um you know, as people were just asking me for, you know, custom work, I had to figure things out as I went along, like everything from, you know, planning a project or learning how to digitize or learning how to price my work. Like that's still something that's ongoing. I feel like a lot of that learning is still ongoing. I haven't really figured it all out yet, um, but I'm lucky. Like I, I've tried to surround myself with people who can help me when I'm, you know, running into questions and things that I don't know about the business side. Um, my husband is one of those people. Um, but if I have questions, say for example, like how to digitize something and I don't know, you know, I might ask my brother, or I might go out to other people in the community who have that experience we're pretty lucky like the lettering community is very very um, helpful very supportive if you have questions um, on the business side you can put it out to people and they will provide you with feedback so yeah but I, like i said i'm still i'm still learning as i as i go that's interesting so yeah. now that you i know you said you're teaching we're going to talk a little bit about that but now that you are focused on teaching and stuff like that like Mm -hmm. How are you spending time? Like, how did you, how are you growing? How are you growing, like, your skill and all that stuff? How, what are you doing? Or is the teaching helping you do that? Oh, yeah, sure. I mean, there's a lot of learning that comes with teaching. I mean, I often feel that I get just as much back from my students, if not more, um, when I'm in that type of setting with them. Um, but, I mean, I... 
the the learning doesn't ever really stop. I mean, with every new project that comes along, you know, if I have something that I need to learn, I'll go out and seek out the information. So it's it's I'm continually learning. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what are some of the ways I know you said teaching. So what are some of the ways you generate mm-hmm. revenue through the lettering? Um, yeah, so aside from actually teaching in-person classes and workshops, I also have an Etsy shop where I put out, you know, like my own workbooks for people, especially there's a lot of people that want to learn with me, but, you know, obviously because of the distance and where people are, um, at least they have access to the learning materials and they can learn at their own pace. Um, I'd also love to offer some online classes at some point. That's something that I've wanted to do. I just haven't really had the time to, to get that going yet. Um, otherwise I'm also, uh, doing some work with brands. So I'll, I'll produce custom lettering for various companies that reach out to me. Yeah. That's been another large part of, of my business. Um, I also do things like live calligraphy events. So for example, a retailer might want me to come in for a holiday event and personalize products for customers. Um, so I'll do some of those types of events as well. Um, and then finally, I would say it's just sort of a, like custom commission work. So, you know, people coming to me for tattoo design, logo designs, or, you know, something for their home. I've done wedding commissions, you know, like large, uh, what do you call those, seating charts or place cards. I've, I've done a little bit of everything. Okay. Um, yeah. So I take those types of jobs as they come. Um, they're not like a huge focus of my business right now. It's mostly focused on the teaching and then collaborating with, uh, with brands to produce custom lettering. That's awesome. So I'm intrigued, mm-hmm. I'm intrigued about the teaching. Like how, how did, how did you grow it? Like, how did this come about? How did the whole idea of teaching workshops come about? Um, you know what? It's one of those things that was never on my radar. Like I never thought I could actually stand up in front of a group of people and teach anything. So I, I'm actually, uh, I'm one of the organizers of a meetup group, um, called the Toronto lettering crew. We organize these casual lettering meetups in the community. And I was at a meetup like many years ago. And one of my friends said, well, have you ever thought about teaching? And up till that point, like, it was just, like I said, not on my radar. I wasn't thinking about it at all. And just at that moment, I don't know, something just sort of clicked. And I said, you know, let me explore this idea further. And people had been asking me occasionally, you know, like, would you be interested in teaching a class? I'd like to learn this with you. Um, So, you know, I was slowly starting to come around to the idea. And um, in 2018, I decided to just sort of take the plunge and go for it. But I wanted to teach something that I felt was missing, like something that I would have liked to have learned that I didn't feel was easily available to me. So I started with just a simple three-hour introductory hand lettering workshop. Um, and that was, it was so much work, like putting that together for the first time. And I remember like after teaching that class and like all the energy and focus that you put into it, the rest of that day, I was basically like comatose. You know, I got into bed and I just, I couldn't move. I couldn't talk like people, my kids were talking to me and I was just not responsive. Like I was just so drained. It's just, it's, it's crazy. Like the amount of work that goes into teaching for the very first time, but it's gotten easier. And I've, you know, I've expanded the types of classes that I offer. Um, so now I have, you know, shorter little sort of script lettering workshops. I teach 
calligraphy for beginners and intermediate students. Um, I'm, I've done flourishing classes. I'm developing some new ones right now as well, like a pencil lettering workshop. People were interested in learning how to use pencil for lettering. So yeah, there's, there, there are new things that are in the works. Yeah. So my question in, in regards to that, like, what would you say? Um, Cause a lot of this has been done locally. I'm not mistaken. Maybe you could correct me. So how did mm-hmm. you grow locally? Cause there's one thing to be posting on Instagram. You know what I mean? Um, mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. drawing audience from all over the place, but like, how did yep. you necessarily grow like teaching locally? Yeah. And I mean, that's a good question because obviously I, I that's, I need to be able to get seat, you know, people to fill the seats. So it's like, how do I reach out to people in this community? Um, so at first I was doing these workshops on my own. Like I was seeking out my own venues and, you know, renting spaces and then advertising through Instagram or through Eventbrite and selling tickets. And I mean, that was fine and it, and it worked, but I realized it would also be beneficial to start partnering with retailers that wanted to offer workshops to their customers and working sort of in partnership. So then, you know, we leveraged their, you know, advertising network as well. Um, and, um, that's been really, really good. Um, I've also been teaching at a local art gallery as part of like, a the city, the city that I live in, the city of Markham has a bunch of recreational programs. So I've been teaching through the city of Markham at this local art gallery and they, you know, they already have a large base of, of students and customers. And so then I'm able to reach out that way too. And then, you know, other things as well. I mean, obviously Instagram has been very helpful Facebook, you know, reaching out to, there are a lot of people in Toronto that do follow my work there. Um, I have a newsletter and I try to promote upcoming events that way as well. So just trying to get the word out wherever I can. Yeah, that's interesting. I like the idea of just like partnering with, you know, retailers. Like what type Mm -hmm. of retailers necessarily were you partnering? Um, so there's a, for example, there's a a beautiful shop downtown that sells, um, like really, really beautiful stationery, um, pen and paper. So I teach a a number of classes there. I'll be teaching again there in April. Um, I've also partnered with, um, Muji Canada, um, which is, yeah. So they have a, a few locations and I teach at, you know, their downtown Toronto location as well as other stores. Um, so, and it's nice, it's a, it's a great way for these, these businesses to connect with their customers. And then it gives me a nice place to go and teach and also showcase, you know, what's, what's already there in store, you know, especially stationary products and how you can integrate that into practice. Yeah. I mean, I like that. And it's also just a different way to kind of interact for a business or a retailer to interact with their customers. It's cool. I like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's very interesting. You're you're really um, very, some fascinating stuff over there. Cause you know usually when you think <laughs> about it, when you think about a workshop, like I've done workshops, but I've either either organized it myself or I've went to mm-hmm. a conference and did mm-hmm. a workshop at a conference. You know, so it kind of was like an right. event that people are coming to. So you know, mm-hmm. but I mean, yeah, those that's pretty interesting. I like it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, um, what would you say was the hardest thing that you had to overcome or did, was it just like one, two, three easy for everybody? Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> 
Um, I think for me personally, I think uh, getting comfortable with the idea of stepping outside of my comfort zone, that's been an ongoing struggle for me. I'm, I'm not an adventurous person by nature, and a lot of um, running a business, running a business on your own, it, you know, it's, it's very scary, especially when new opportunities come along and that's great, but like, I don't know how I'm going to execute them. So like when somebody comes to me and says, you know, are you interested in doing this project? Like, obviously I'm very, very excited. And like, I'll say, yeah, but then shortly after there's this moment where I have like this panic attack and I'm like, what have I gotten myself into? How am I going to actually deliver? So you know, it's it's taken me some time, and I'm I'm getting a little bit better at it. And as I learn how to, you know, price projects or how to execute them, it does get a little bit easier. But for me, stepping outside of my comfort zone is is still something that I I do deal with. Um, and you know, like I I look at my like my kids sometimes and just how fearless they are. And I take a lot of inspiration from them. I mean, obviously there are a couple of goofballs and they're content to just, you know, run at each other in the hallway, but without thinking about it, like, I don't want to be reckless, but at the same time, I want to be a little bit more adventurous and a little bit braver. So, you know, I take a lot of inspiration from them and I'm, I'm trying to, to, you know, um, you know, hopefully inspire them as well to, you know, follow their passion and just go for it. And, you know, I'm, I'm lucky that I've been able to, to deliver projects successfully and clients are happy and they'll come back to me for more work. So, um, you know, I think I'm on the right track and, um, yeah, I'm getting better at it. <laughs> so I, 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 I love your answer, but I want to ask you a question. Like, what would you say mm-hmm. to a, a mom like yourself that is, a little like it's it's just afraid of stepping out there and there may be a stay-at-home mom or whatever the case may be they may be just used to just you know go into a job or whatever the case may be but they're just afraid of stepping out there like what would you say to that person you know what i mean for them to have the courage to kind of just do it i mean it's hard i think you need to surround yourself with people who can support you people you know, I'm, I'm very lucky. I have a good network around me, not just my husband, but my parents, my in-laws and like my friends, people who, you know, want want me to succeed and are there to help me when I need it. I think that that's really important. I think also this community, you know, we do lean a lot on each other uh, for support. And I think that that's really important. It's really, really hard to just to be brave and to step out when you're just on your own and isolated. So you do need to start to connect with other people um, and to reach out when you need help. I think that that's really important. And I mean, obviously it's, it's scary and you don't want to fail, but you know, when I feel anxious or I have those moments of self-doubt, my husband will say, you know, like, what's the worst that can happen? I mean, you, you'll, you're only going to learn from these experiences and you're only going to grow from them. And I mean, you know, if, if a client were not to come back after that, then so be it, but at least you went out there and you, you gave it your best efforts. So, yeah. I love it. I love it. So what mm-hmm. is that thing that Erica can't live without that's not her phone? <laughs> 
Yeah, not my phone. Well, I mean, I wouldn't even be here if it wasn't for my phone. But, but okay, no, that's a fair question. I mean, if we're talking specifically about lettering and calligraphy, it, it has to be my pencil. Mm. I mean, that's where it all began. And it's not even a fancy pencil. It's just a regular mechanical pencil. Right. Um, that is the tool that I love to use the most. And it's not something that people will often think about when they think about, you know, a finished piece of lettering um but i just i love the way that it looks on paper i love the way that it feels when it connects with the paper so i like to take it and use it and create pieces that are actually complete just with a pencil um it's also obviously very important for drafting and for practicing um so for me it's 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 so invaluable and that's also something that i try to encourage people to remember is that you don't necessarily need expensive or fancy lettering tools to get started um just an ordinary pencil or you know colored pencils you know my kids have tons of Crayola markers. I'll just take those and play around with those as well. I mean, you can definitely use what you already have lying around. You don't necessarily need to uh, spend a lot to get started with lettering. That's true. I totally, I, yeah. I will concur with that. All you need to mm -hmm. do is, is practice. Practice is the most important thing. Practice <laughs> is key. That's right. Mm -hmm. All right. So um, <laughs> book recommendation. Oh, okay. Yes. Um, so are you talking about lettering books or just any whatever, kind of books? Or... Whatever you want yeah. to offer. We could do a little um, bit of both. Okay, sure. Um, so when it comes to lettering and calligraphy, when I go to classes, I like to bring um, books to inspire my students. Um, so some that I have found to be really, really good are um, The Golden Secrets of Lettering by Martine Floor. Um, that's a wonderful book. Um, the other one is called Mastering Hand Lettering by Mai DeLeon. Um, so these are wonderful books for beginners, so much great information, lots of, um, explanations of definitions of, you know, typographical and uh, lettering terminology. Um, so I like to bring books like that. Um, I also like sort of compilations of, you know, um, different artists. So, a good type the art of lettering is a wonderful one i'm a little bit biased because i'm actually one of the artists <laughs> that is in that book yeah everybody but loves brooke, brooke yeah, is awesome. I love it. yeah brooke is amazing and i'm very very grateful to her for the opportunity to be in that book that was quite an interesting process um so yeah that's a that's a fantastic one as well um one book that i have that i've had since high school is like a really old letter set book mm. Um, I was lucky to get my hands on it. My teacher just had a bunch of extra copies and for some reason I was able to get one and it's, it's really nice. I mean, it's, it's completely out of date now, but it has just a, a collection of different typefaces. Um, I, I, I kind of enjoy just flipping through books like that and getting inspiration for my own work. Um, another one like the encyclopedia of typefaces, like any just sort of collection of type and font. I, I really, really like books like that. You, so never, I, you can never have enough typeface. Uh, yeah, have, no, I, I, absolutely. I agree. And like, I don't even do type design. Um, you know, my, my lettering style is very different and, you know, very much a modern calligraphy style, but I, I do, I really, really love books like that and I can just pour through them for hours. So 
Yeah, I try to find interesting books like that and I try to bring them for my students because for a lot of my students, they've never done any lettering, any calligraphy before. It's completely new to them. So I don't want them just looking at my work and thinking, you know, that's lettering. You know, there's a whole world of different styles and different artists out there and I want to give them as much exposure to that as possible. And also like, you know, I don't want people just looking at the screen and trying to find things online. I, I believe in flipping through the pages of a book for inspiration. Yeah. I like that. I like that. Yeah. Awesome. All right. So what is the first hour? Because you work from home, if I'm not mistaken, right? So what's the first hour of Erica's day like? The first hour of my day is chaos. Um, it has nothing to do with lettering. I'm sorry to say it's all about getting my husband and my older son out the door. So <laughs> it's not very exciting. It's me getting my kid up and making lunches and then, you know, shipping him off. After that, after he's gone and after my youngest one is off to school as well, then my day begins. So it'll starts with coffee and like taking a deep breath because it's nice and quiet in my house. Um, yeah, finishing up like some cold coffee from earlier in the morning and then, um, answering emails. It's, it's not very glamorous, but that is the time when I can focus and, you know, deal with, with the emails and, and, um, inquiries that come in. And then I'm just, I'm right into projects after that. I mean, I have this limited window of time when I can work. I prefer to do the work in the morning. Um, so usually that gets started right away in the morning. Um, I'm a little less productive in the afternoon. And I used to do a lot of lettering in the evening, like after the kids went to bed. But I find now I don't like to use that time for work anymore. If I do any lettering after the kids go to bed um, at night, it's just for my own enjoyment. It's just my, you know, my personal projects and things like that. But, you know, work, work happens in the morning for me. I like that. I like it. I like it. So yeah. what is next for Eric? I, I, I don't know. Do you know? <laughs> <laughs> I'm figuring it out. I mean, I, I'm excited. I, I, I'm planning to do some more teaching. Yeah. Um, I'm planning to, you know, connect with more businesses and continue on with my custom lettering. Um, and there are things that I'd love to do that I just haven't gotten around to doing yet. Um, like I said, maybe doing some online teaching. I'd love to do something like a mural or, I don't know, design a, a book jacket cover or, you know, there's like lots of projects that I'd like to do and I just haven't figured out how I'm going to go about it yet. But I don't know. I mean, I feel like there's so many possibilities. If I look back now and I look at all the projects that I've done since I got started, like, I never could have imagined that this would you know, even been a possibility for me. So, you know, I'm, I'm open to the possibilities of the future. I have no, I don't know specifically what's coming next beyond the classes that I'm planning to teach, but you know, I'm open and excited. <laughs> I like it. I like yeah. it. So what advice would you have for anyone out there? Um, well, gosh, I have a lot. <laughs> I suppose one of the most important things that, you know, I've been dealing with is this idea of comparing yourself to others. And, you know, especially because so much of my business has come through Instagram, I'm on Instagram all the time, I'm posting things and I'm looking at what other people are doing. And it's completely natural for me to feel inadequate compared to, you know, other artists that are out there. And I think we all go through those moments. And they can be very discouraging. And I would encourage people to 
try not to get too caught up in comparing their work to others. You know, everyone's trajectory is different. Everyone's path is different. Everyone's circumstances are different. Um, so, you know, just focus on, you know, what your own passion is. Put, you know, as much work into it as you can and just focus on, you know, practicing, learning, growing and sharing um, as much as possible. Um, I think also, you know, if it's something that you're really, really passionate about, something that you really love, you have to be willing to put in the work. Um, you know, I know it's easy sort of coming back to this idea of the comparison. People can look at all these beautiful images on Instagram or they can look at my own work and they think that I'm just sitting here and people are throwing jobs at me or throwing money at me or whatever, right? But I mean, yes, sometimes people will approach me for work and that's always wonderful, but you don't see the amount of time that I spend, you know, knocking on doors, not literally, but you know, like I'm emailing people, I'm calling, I'm asking, you know, Hey, I, you know, I'm a big fan of your work. I'd love to work with you. These are the services that I provide. There's a lot of rejection. <laughs> There's a lot of, you know, ghosting and that's all part of the process too. And people don't see that. So, you know, I want people to be aware of the fact that you do have to be willing to put in that time and that effort and that it's, it's totally worth it, obviously. Um, but yeah, to be afraid of that. I think people needed to hear that because you know what, it's true. Like we all put out work and we all put these things out and mm -hmm. no one really knows the behind the scenes. Like, and it's no. good to kind of hear, you know what I mean? Hear that, you know, but we all get no. Exactly. <laughs> and usually yeah. it's more no's yeah. than yes sometimes. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Absolutely. And sometimes a no isn't a no forever. Ever. So, exactly. so one, of these, one of these businesses that I have a very good and long relationship now with now, when I first approached them, you know, they were like, oh, thank you for your interest. We'll keep your information on file. So for me, that was a rejection. And then they came back to me half a year later and they said, are you still interested in working with us? Okay. And now doing regular work with them um so you know a door isn't necessarily closed forever um but you know you, you do have to be persistent and you do have to you know you know put in that time um and you know my other thing too is just keep trying to connect with others in the community um i think that will also open a lot of doors for yes. people too so i think that that's very very important yes yeah. i i definitely <laughs> can tell you that being connected in this creative community that's amazing i can tell you that definitely yeah. that's a true, true, mm -hmm. true. all right so where can people go to find out about you learn about all the awesome stuff that you're doing um so you can find me on instagram i'm ep lettering at instagram and you can uh, also find me on facebook i have a website um eplettering.com um and yeah, I, I'm always available via email. If people want to ask questions, I'm always happy to uh, to connect with others. So, yeah. Well, Erica, this has been amazing. You're just so graceful. Thank you. Thank <laughs> oh, you very man. much, Gerald. I really enjoyed it. <laughs> oh, this has been a pleasure to just kind of meet the person behind the work. And it, it all lines up. Beautiful work. Amazing person. I'm definitely, you know, I'm a fan. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me on your podcast.
Thank you for listening to this week's episode. I hope it's been super valuable to you and you're now ready to take your audience building, your community growing to the next level to help you and help me build our empire, for lack of a better word, or just to build our thing. Um, Remember to stop by iTunes, Passion Behind the Art, and leave a review and subscribe. It's very important to me. It helps the podcast grow. And it makes me feel good to kind of hear from you guys to know what you like about this podcast, what it's done for you. So jump on iTunes and subscribe and leave a review. Passion Behind the Art. Be blessed.